0: Welcome to another episode of Failing Forward. As always, I'm your host, Steve Hofsetter, And if you enjoy the show, make sure to comment, subscribe, like, share it with your friends, let other people know about it. And today, I get to talk to someone who has experience on the sides of the business that I'm on. Because my guest here, Dave Reinitz, who, you know, uh, not just that we're both wearing green, but a comic <laughs> who owns a comedy club. Uh, which is something that I don't do anymore, but it was a business I was in for a while. Um, And so you own Flappers in Burbank. Uh,
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Uh, Yeah, my partner Barbara and I own Flappers Comedy
0: Club in Burbank. So you and Barb started the club almost 10 years ago now.
1: Yes, September of 2010 we did our first show.
0: That is such a crazy thing to have a club that lasts 10 years, let alone in this environment where clubs are dying left and right, and in L.A., mm-hmm like what do you th- what do you attribute that to
1: uh it's a good question I think think you know we do everything from the comedy point of view, yeah, so the club was built to put comics in the best possible situation to be as funny as they can, so we kind of work from the comic back
0: so and bar before the club was I knew her as like uh agent on the college circuit
1: right we still have a presence on naca through our other entity which is called h2f comedy productions
0: yes and before were you doing anything on the business side before were you just doing stand-up
1: uh we were producing uncle clyde's comedy contest on wednesday nights at the ice house for years and i was mostly just doing stand-up
0: yeah yeah was was there any part where you know because barb's got the business background was there any part where you were like is this a thing i want to do (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I grew up in restaurants. Okay. So I grew up in operations. You know, oh,
0: wow. That's perfect.
1: Yeah. I mean, I worked for the California Pizza Kitchen for a while and was yeah. training managers for them. And so I came from independent restaurants and corporate restaurants. So as soon as I started doing stand up comedy, you know, I started to see the clubs, and there are great clubs out there, and there's some that are not such great clubs. And I started to see kind of where I thought it was lacking a
0: little bit. Well, that's actually one of the things about flappers is that you guys actually have a decent kitchen, which is so rare. Well, our space stand-up. was
1: an old uh, macaroni grill, so we inhor- we inherited a, a, a much larger kitchen than you would want if you were building a comedy
0: <laughs> club. <laughs> yeah, um, but well, when I say a decent kitchen, I don't just mean the size and the equipment. I mean, you guys make good food. Yes. It's something where comedians who are doing shows there, and I know this as a comic, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, like— people will plan to eat there. Yes. Which is, there are some clubs I work, wonderful clubs, Yes, where I specifically go, oh, I got to eat before I get there.
1: Yeah, comedy clubs are notoriously, have bad food, indifferent service. They bring you two drinks up front. They don't care how watered it gets. You know, it's just, it's not a customer service environment. And that's kind of the traditional impression of a lot of comedy clubs.
0: There is one comedy club where... I very specifically where they were like, yeah, food's free, and they have a you know an extensive menu. It's not just chicken fingers, and it's, and I won't say which club it is, but I after the first night, like I was there for a week, and after the first night, I was like, I'm gonna get some Thai food. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna bring stuff to the green room. Right. I don't care if it's free. I don't care how broke I am. Right. I need to go and not eat this. Well, and so having having that as an experience as a comic. And it goes such a long way, and, and this is probably why you work comic back, but I remember my first, the first time I was actually playing clubs, like real clubs that were paying. I remember there was one that paid 50 bucks less than another. This is for like a weekend feature work. 50 bucks less than another, but the hotel was so nice. And I remember specifically taking work from that one even though I was making less money because I just wanted to feel like a person.
1: Well, I remember hearing uh, Alonzo Bodden say that uh, uh, I do the comedy for free. They're paying me to travel.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Because
1: it's such, you know, it's not fun.
0: I say that all the time, the idea of, you know, comedians are truckers with jokes. Right. We are, you know, the the comedy is the reward for being willing to get there.
1: Right, and I wasn't willing to get there. Like, I did some road work for a while and I really didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't find comedy until I was, you know, in my 30s. So I kind of came to it a little bit later in life in terms of when you're willing to go out and, you know, grind it on the road and stay at the Days Inn in Tacoma and, you know, all yeah. those kind of crappy gigs. And I just, you know, I, I made the decision that I'd open a club so that I could do comedy without having to, to travel.
0: Tacoma's actually, it's funny you mention that because the C- Tacoma Comedy Club, which is one of the better ones in the country now, um adam norwest who now owns four clubs um but at the time it was just the one um the the apartment that he put me up in i you know i was okay but i was talking to him about it and i go hey man celebrities aren't going to come and do this club like no one's going to want to stay there and what's amazing is that i've given tons of advice to different clubs over the years i was the last person to stay at that apartment Oh, that's good. The next week, he was like, okay, we'll do something better. And they have, I mean, they have celebrities all the time. They're a wonderful, wonderful club. And so being able to listen to comics, whether it's like Alonzo or yourself, because you're one – and be able to incorporate that feedback, I think, is very important when it comes to running a business.
1: Right. And the food, the food end of it was important for us because when somebody comes through, you know, you're hopefully selling them a ticket. Yeah. And the reality, certainly in L.A., is that for it's a comic that people haven't heard of. We do some papering of the room. So you're yeah. hoping to sell them a ticket. You know you're going to sell them some drinks. So the difference maker for us was can we sell them some food?
0: And papering, for those who who don't know, papering just basically means giving free tickets. Giving free tickets, yes. yeah, which which happens a lot,
1: or as uh, we say, complimentary. Nothing's free. It's exactly, complimentary. It's, it's complimentary. It's a little swankier that way,
0: right? It's right. It's complimentary. It's right. it's we're we're giving you this ticket to feel good about yourself, right? And the
1: longer we're in business, the less we, the less the necessity is to do that.
0: Right, it's it's a free sample in a way, right? Because people come in and they go, "Oh, I enjoy this experience." And yeah, so I mean, our first back. two
1: years, we literally sent a guy out with free tickets to bark in front of the movie theater that's around the corner mm-hmm. to try to get enough butts in the seats.
0: Yeah, just I mean, to, that was
1: our first two years, just to
0: survive. Yeah, just to let people know that it's there. Right, because the the advantage that clubs have that have existed for a while is they started in the heyday of comedy. Sure. A cl- any club that started in the mid '90s or earlier started when all you needed to do to sell out a show is open the door.
1: Right. Well, in LA, it's got you know the five 50-year-old clubs: the Comedy Magic Club, the Ice House, the Improv, the Comedy Store, and the Laugh Factory have all been around forever. Yeah. So we've been around for 10 years, and if you're an ice cream shop, that's you got a good history. But as a comedy club, we're still the new
0: place. Right. And to have to because the brand recognition is incredibly important. Correct. Yes, and the nostalgia, and not just the brand recognition among, like among uh, the audience, but among comics.
1: Right, and we did something a little bit different: is that we've branded it as flappers, so it's got a 1920s vibe. Yeah, and so we consciously did that because we inherited history that wasn't necessarily really ours.
0: The, because the, it had the kitchen already. Well, no, no, no.
1: because <laughs> because because it's got a throwback vibe to it, so right. it feels nostalgic and it feels established.
0: Where'd the name come from?
1: Uh, one of the first places that I was looking at was the old Brown Derby building.
0: So you guys were shopping around.
1: Yeah, I I've been kicking tires and broken down old restaurants forever. Yeah, and so the first one that really kind of lit a fire was the Brown Derby, which was then being operated by Louises. And so we kind of negotiated with them a little bit, and thinking about that place, which is you know was huge in the twenties and thirties, and the flapper name just kind of evolved from there. Yeah, and then you know it just sort of stuck.
0: And you guys had a second club in Claremont, right? We had a
1: club in Claremont, ran about nine years, so we shut that
0: down last year. So, you know, the point of this podcast is, you know, failures leading to other successes, right? So, can we talk about that for a little bit?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I I view it as a failure.
0: Well, my my take on this, you know, on this podcast has always been failure is not a bad thing.
1: No, no, I understand that. I'm not. I'm not. But but I think that we got what we needed out of it.
0: Okay, what was that?
1: Well, we. We opened up Burbank was a very complicated deal just Mm -hmm. from a financing and a real estate point of view. So we did a sublet on from Brinker International, which is the parent company of the Macaroni Grill, and we had to involve the city of Burbank, and we got an an economic development loan, and you know we were uh, you know begging and borrowing everywhere we could to get the thing open. And while we were going through that process, I didn't think the deal was going to get done. I didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off. And we had been looking at a location out in the Inland Empire in Pomona, an old opera house, uh, which would have been a beautiful club. Oh, wow. But it's in Pomona. Yeah. So we didn't quite pull the trigger on it, but we made a relationship with the landlord who owns a bunch of property in the Inland Empire. And he had this space at the packing house in Claremont. And he we, we put in kind of a temporary installation of a comedy club. Um, because we were ready. Like, we were ripe. We'd been kicking yeah. tires and working on it and raising money for, you know, a good year and a half. And so, if the Burbank deal wasn't going to go down, I at least wanted to start to get the ball rolling yeah. and start this little place in Claremont. And because we'd been involved in the city and he had a, the landlord had a lot of relationships in the community. So, he wanted us to put in the temporary installation, see whether he could get the city to give us money to move into a bigger space. Okay. So, that was the original idea. And then we ended up, we, uh, we got the funding for Burbank from the city like April 8th and then opened in Claremont on April 15th.
0: Whoa. Like it
1: all just happened really, really fast. So we opened both clubs within six months of each other.
0: Did you ever think like, uh-oh, we might be spread too thin?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I don't even think we had time to think that.
0: <laughs> you were. Too it, it was just. Too thin, even it was just. We it. were
1: spread. I mean, I remember we went into before we really had the deal done. We had gotten the key to the current location through the real estate broker. So we were. I was constantly going in the building, looking at it, trying to figure out where we're going to put the stage, where we're going to put a wall, what are we yeah. going to do, and you know, just kind of taking in the vibe. And uh, and then when we got the thing in Claremont, we were like, okay, well, we need some tables and chairs, and you know, they're right here. It's so literally before we signed the lease, we were gutting the place and taking equipment out to Claremont to get open.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that Flapper's Burbank has been described to me as, uh-huh. and I 100% agree with this description. This was uh, Don Friesen, who is a good friend of mine and sure. one of your regulars. love Don. Um, he described it as, you guys use every part of the buffalo. Yes, Yes, the, he said that to me
1: numerous times. Yeah,
0: yes. the uh, you know, that's that's the old phrase for anyone unfamiliar with that phrase, you know, the idea of natives in America didn't want things to go to waste. Right. And so there was a use whether it was you know, oil or a hide or meat or whatever it was, every single part of the buffalo would be used. Yeah,
1: like I said, you know, I mean, we're a small business and so we 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 got to do everything we can to stay alive and yeah. and you know, now ten years in, where we're, we're there's a level feeling of stability, and we've paid off a tremendous amount of debt over the last ten years. But it's still, you know, we gotta. How can we make money on this club Monday during the day? Right. You know, I mean, at one point we had a church that rented us on Sundays, yeah. and that kept us alive for a year. They were, you know, they were they were paying us good dough, and so that that helped. Yeah, so, they
0: rent hotel conference rooms. Why not a comedy club?
1: Right, and we were about to do kind of a, uh, a a slotted open open mic thing to kind of use the building during the day a little bit more. And we picked up when we renewed our lease, we picked up some office space up the street, and we teach classes, so we've got a full service comedy school. Mm-hmm. So. Um, at any point, we've got 50 or 60 students in the comedy school, and that's been a big part of our business. And so, yeah, I mean, we do open mics in the bar, I and mean, we've got really four stages in the building, you know, two showrooms. Four.
0: Rooms. What are the, I know the main room, I know the YooHoo room, I know the one in the bar. At the bar and then sometimes on the patio. Oh, I didn't even realize the patio sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: I, I mean, we've all, always dappled with the idea of kind of enclosing that outdoor patio, because it's such a loud, miserable corner. Yeah. It's just, it's never quite, well, there's a failure for you, making that goddamn patio work we've never been able to do it so i have this idea of closing it in and turning it into a like a, a, a calling it the magic closet and doing magic shows there
0: oh wow that's Cause funny
1: because in, in the comedy business people come in you know if you get them there half an hour before a show you're doing great you know because yeah. the place is trying to serve them dinner and then they're gone in two hours so the idea of having something else that people can do while they're there I mean, we do an escape room a couple times a month in the Yoohoo room. We do, you know, we do it all.
0: Just whatever makes it work.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do a kid's show on Saturday afternoons, which is fantastic, two milk minimum.
0: Yeah, that's been running for a while, right? It's been running
1: since we opened, yeah, Michael Rayner.
0: One of the, so something happened at Flappers the last time I was there that I very, very much enjoyed. Okay. Um, And it has to do with, because you guys have always been very focused on new talent. And I think yes. part of being a new club is you have to. Right, we because, consider ourselves
1: a developmental club.
0: Yeah, because the the guys who have been at this for 30 years, well, they started at the store, they started at the factory, they started at the improv, and so that's where their loyalties are gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you'll get those guys coming over, but the way to build the next ones is to focus on the new talent, sure. which I think is a huge focus of the Yoohoo Room. And I wanna tell a story about what happened the last time I was there, but first, we're gonna throw a break. Come on back, support the people who support us. So joined here on Failing Forward uh, by Dave Reinitz, who's both a comedian as well as one of the owners of Flappers in Burbank Comedy Club. And so the last time I was there, it was a very nice night and I was eating out on that patio. Great. Uh, it was. It's literally the only time I've been on that patio. Okay. <laughs> so, but, it, but I was there a little early and I got my dinner and I was I was eating out there. And there was, there was this kid, had to be 21 if he was, you know, anything. And he's got probably 15 friends with him. It's like they're taking up almost all of the patio. It's like me and them. And I am just quietly eating my food. And this kid is oblivious to the fact that there is a professional comedian right there. Right. Because all he knows about comedy is the three times he's ever done stand. Right. That's why 15 people are still there to go see him. Because right. he's still he still has friends. That's right. how new he is. <laughs> he still has friends. And he is waxing poetic uh-huh. about the comedy business and the industry and how it works and sure. telling all his friends about he's just big timing left and right. And it's so hard for me not to laugh. And not in the way that he wants laughs. Right. But in the way of like, oh God, was I ever this?
1: And of course you were.
0: And thinking about it, I absolutely came to the realization that like, oh, I totally was. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember telling a friend of mine that like how I had never how I had never met a married comedian. And because I, I had met like five comedians it's at the time. Right. And they were all young. So right. they were, you know. Right. And like thinking about the generalizations I made early on because it's all you know. Sure. And loving the idea that this kid has no idea that there is a professional with a very large social media presence who could absolutely help him a great deal if he would just shut up for a second and realize where he was. Right. And but it just made me like at first I was like ugh, and I was so annoyed. But the more I thought about it, the more I just smiled and enjoyed it because he's in such a he's so happy. Right. Well, and it's
1: funny because eavesdropping is one of my favorite things to do in the club. Yeah, I love it. I love to eavesdrop, you know, on the staff and what are they doing? What are they saying? And then comics and just to kind of hear the vibe and hear what's going on. It's, It's I love that. And, you know, I keep a pretty low profile. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't as a comedian. I don't like being identified as a club owner. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a comic. That's right. what I am. I happen to have a club to make money and to have a place to perform whenever I want. Yeah. So it's, it works really well for me, but I'm a comic. And, 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 uh.
0: I know that struggle. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it is. It's tough. It is tough. And, and I, I, not that I, I'm, I'm super proud of the club. I love being part of the club. And, yeah. you know, I don't like being, you know, owner. I'm, I'm very much, you know, like I don't think baseball teams should have owners. There aren't owners. The freaking yeah. community owns the the New York Mets. Yeah, it's not the Wilpons are caretakers from my point of view, and they're right. They're screwing it up, but that's a different story.
0: Yes, we are the, a fellow Met fan.
1: So, and I kind of feel that way in terms of the the the, the comedy club. Like, the, and it's it's. uh So, so when you tell a story about a kid like that who's coming out and being a part of it and starting to get the bug and starting to, you know, comedy changed my life, and so to be able to to hear about that and to pass that on and to bring other peoples into that into the community, and I very much feel like a good comedy club is a community center. You know, it's a a, a place for people to gather, to support each other, to be a part of something. And, you know, I've never was, I never felt accepted in the Hollywood comedy scene because I'm not a cutthroat guy and I don't want to be a part of that. And I don't want to be, you know, that guy stole my joke and bitching and moaning and everybody's, you know, what am I going to do? And I, I was at the bar not long ago and a comedian came up and she sat at the bar. I've known her a long time. And uh, I just happened to be watching the bar and hanging yeah. out back there. Got her a drink and, uh, you know, and I said, oh, how are you? And she starts giving me a list of all this. I'm on this web thing and blah, 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 just keeps going. Yeah. Just keeps going. Just all this narcissistic da, 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 And at one point I just kind of interrupted. I said, I'm good. Thanks. And she just kept on going. <laughs> she had no, no self-awareness at all. And I just kind of looked at her and I said, you've been in L.A. for too long. Yeah. And she just kept on going.
0: The Has, there, has there ever been a moment, and I am someone, by the way, who, you know, I mean, I joke that maybe one day someone, because comedians, the rep I have among comedians, is he's great at business and also he's funny. Right. And I want it the other way around. Of course you do. <laughs> and because that's what's important to you as a comedian. Right. Has there ever been a moment as... You know, and by the way, even I've been out of the club business probably four years now, and people still ask me about when I can book them for my clubs that don't exist anymore. That's
1: really why I'm here.
0: And yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll get you up in Indianapolis in 2015. I loved Morty's. Oh, such a fun club. But the, was there, has there been a moment where you realized, oh no, I'm doing something that I, I'm doing something that I didn't, like I've become what I feared? Has there ever been anything that?
1: No, I, I I guess I I own that, you know I'm a horrible self promoter. I, I I just I just I'm bad at it. I don't like it. I I was always kind of raised that pushing yourself was kind of rude or inappropriate. And of course in this industry you have to do that. Yeah. But I don't have that gene.
0: I'm the youngest of four, so I was never raised that way. Right. So <laughs> That's I. the only so, way I got my voice heard. There
1: you go. And so I just. I pay, I've paid a price, like nobody knows who I am,
0: so. We're changing that today, Dave. Well, a little
1: bit, but, but, yeah. you know, but I'm, you know, it, it's sometimes I feel like I need to prove myself comedically all the time. Right. And most of the time, you know, I'm performing at Flappers, I'm doing the Yoohoo Room on the weekends and noodling in the main room. Like I'm not the guy that's like there every day. Like we all know, that, and, and club owners, there are club owners who are very bad comedians. Yes. And generally, that's the reputation that they have. And so maybe right. that's one of the reasons why I don't you know, push myself as the owner of a club. I don't push myself at all, but I don't push myself out there as an owner of the club. And my favorite moments are when people come up to me and talk to me like a comedian. They don't know that I own the
0: club. Yeah. Like, that's, that's why I'm We're there. ruining everything, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, we're, it's, talent, we're letting but people it's know. It's not a secret, but yeah. it's just, you know. Well, the, I think th- there was actually uh, a moment, which uh, had to be probably 2014, 2015, um, when, so I, I co-founded the Laughing Skull Festival. Right. And we were joking around about how we wanted to do a festival. It was Tom Simmons' idea. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do a festival for club owners. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that if you don't advance in that festival, you can't call yourself a comedian anymore. Because there were so many, there were so many club owners who just forced themselves on us. Right, that's that's and, who, and, and I don't mean in the way that some clubs no, no, force themselves on people. I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean in the way that like they'll just <clears throat> they'll just take the stage. Yeah, and they won't. And some of them aren't even comedians, and they just won't shut up for ten minutes at the beginning of a show. Right, but I really am a comic. Like right. I know Absolutely. what I'm doing.
1: Like I, I, I have a point of view. I understand it. That's what I'm committed to.
0: And you've got, I, I'm sure that you know you touched on it, but the idea of the stigma has got to be in your head when you perform because the only way to get better as a comic is to try new jokes. Correct. <laughs> and it's got to be so difficult because on one hand, you have a stage that you can try new jokes and there's no repercussions. You'll get booked back there again whenever you want because you own it. On the other hand, there are huge repercussions because the last thing you want to be is the club owner that bombed. Correct. And we all bomb.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's very it's a, it's it's uh a, that's a great way to put it. Is it, yes, I do have the freedom. I'm not going to, I will be able to go up again. Um, But on the same token, you know, I, the comics know where I'm coming. They know that I'm the owner of the club. They know that. And so, yeah, there is a different level of pressure. It's like I teach classes, which I love to do. And it's so interesting to me because I see other people that teach classes and they go to the student showcases and they perform during their student showcase. And I would never do that.
0: The only way I would do that is if I'm like to just to host it to I wouldn't, make them feel I, comfortable or Yeah, I, I yeah.
1: I, I'm teaching advanced students, so if they're not comfortable at this point, this it's, it's yeah, over yeah. anyway. So the, yeah, or, this isn't newbies. Right, this exactly, is, yeah. exactly. So it's just it's just I don't know. It's yeah, it's 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 a fine line.
0: Yeah, you can't let your ego get away from you. But at the same time, it's an asset to, you know, uh Chris Bowers, who's one of the people that I sure. co- owned, you know, Morty's and a couple of the other clubs with.
1: Yeah, Bowers fucked me up good.
0: Did he? Yeah. What
1: he? Bowers was because I I did that. Bowers picked me up and he ran me around. He's wearing his his you know suit all the time. He's yeah. quite a character, Bowers. And he was like, oh yeah, I own the club. And then clearly around the club, like he had no idea what was going on. What do you mean? What I mean is that you know he didn't like. Like, I watch the bartenders. I yeah. know the drinks. that I know the alcohol that oh, should yeah, go yeah. in that he drink. Oh, yeah, he didn't run the f at all. Right, but he didn't know anything that was going on in the club.
0: Yeah, because his, well, his job. We... But,
1: but what he explained to me was that was by design. Yes. That he purposely didn't want to know anything because that way nobody would ask him questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Bowers just being Bowers. Right, but...
1: but 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 I took that on, and I was like, aha, he's
0: figured something out. Oh, so then you, okay, that's what you meant. I was I, So I, I lost meant, a
1: year unlearning things so that nobody would ask me to do shit.
0: I thought you meant because Bauer's job at the club was always, I always called him the cruise director.
1: Yes, perfect.
0: Because his job was to make sure the talent, I mean, we were very talent-focused as well, and his right. job was to make sure the talent was having a good time. Right. Which, you know, the-, the Which the, he was good at. Right. The premise was always like, look- I'll do marketing. I know how to do that stuff. Right. Tony will run the kitchen. He knows how to do that stuff. Right. You make sure that every comic who comes here says that's my favorite club to play. Perfect. And that's that's how we split it up.
1: Right. But he was real clear on his desire yeah. to not know things. Absolutely. And, and so it was just hysterical. Yeah, to
0: that's me. also I mean, that's also part of his charm. Yes. The um but but the reason I bring him up is because he was he was someone who, if a show was going south for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whether it was a showcase night and someone had a shit set, or you know a headliner was late, or whatever happened, or someone drank too much, right. had too much fun, uh, whatever it was, we knew we had him there mm-hmm. to be able to be like, go do ten and reset this, right, clean it up, exactly, do ten minutes, you you know, and we knew that they would go well, yeah. And so he's actually someone who he hosts a lot of the comedy juice shows now because we know that he will never have. There are so many comedians who believe that the show is about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the show is about the show. And it's about making sure that everyone there enjoys themselves or everyone there who's willing to enjoy themselves enjoys themselves. Sure. And it's you serve the show, especially when you're not headlining. You serve the show. Right. And to be able to do that, and to have someone in house all the time, who if something's going wrong at one of your four stages, mm-hmm. um, they can just go go get Dave. Yes, that's an asset.
1: Yes, yeah. And being in L.A. and being a place that is very much a community center, there are always, you know. Comics hanging around the club, so we had kind of an issue where we had a private event, and the comic that we had booked couldn't do it last minute, like yeah. literally last minute, and we're like, "Oh no, these people bought out the club and blah 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 blah," and then I was like, "Oh, there's James P. Connolly." Yeah amazing professional great clean perfect corporate comic and you know hey here's an easy way for you to make some money he's like i'm having dinner i said you want a thousand dollars or do you want dinner yeah <laughs> I like, can i have both
0: <laughs> um james by the way who if anyone doesn't know fantastic comic and fantastic person yeah i like james a lot yeah great big. um that's also something that you know your regulars tend to be people i enjoy as people which I think is a is a very important thing, and part of that I'd imagine is a reflection on you guys wanting to work with good people, and part of that is a reflection on good people being willing to give the new guy a try, because uh, you guys are you guys are the new club, right? And so for people like well, we
1: we we are still the new club, but we do have I mean,
0: been we, around ten years, right?
1: And you start looking at our lineup, and
0: it's nice, right? But what I mean is. Is people who are regulars uh-huh. and who are, those are probably people who have been regulars for since you opened. Right. Because those are people who didn't have an ego about going, oh, I'm not going to go over to Burbank. Right. I'm a West Hollywood guy. Right. Like I worked the three clubs in West Hollywood or the two that'll call me back. <laughs> <you> know, <whatever laughs> it is. And, and so I imagine that it is, it is a self fulfilling prophecy on both sides.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a, com- a comedy club, you know, it's, it's a, uh, uh, it's a reciprocal relationship between comics and clubs. Yeah. There's no clubs without comics, and there's no comics without clubs. So we're all kind of in this together. And that's what I'm saying is, is that we kind of work from a com- comedy-back point of view. Yeah. Because is that we, we, can, we can screw up the food and beverage. We can screw up the service. And if the comedy is great, the guests will come back. Yeah. But we can have great food. Great service, absolutely crush it. And if the comedy fails, it doesn't matter.
0: And not only will they not come back to the to flappers, they will, they probably won't come back to another club for a while as well. Yeah, it's the one industry where, like, if you see a bad movie, you go, "Oh, that was a bad movie," but if you see a bad comic, you go, "Comedy's bad, right? Why?
1: Yes, exactly. Why? It's like it was it's the like, one guy. It's like the idea that uh, uh, that you should never take a comedy class." Yeah. Right? There's a lot of that bravado in comedy. you got to go out there. you got to fail. Duh, yeah. duh, 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 duh. You would never take a class. Realize anything else in life you want to do, you're going to take a class. You're going to read a book. You're going to try to learn up on it so that right. you're properly equipped to be able to do
0: it. I do say to people, mm-hmm. you should never take a comedy class from someone whose career you don't admire. Because if you All don't- if you, I mean, you're a working comic. Right. It's fine for you to teach, right? You know how many times I've seen classes I, I would taught say by I, people who can't do an open mic.
1: Yes, I would say it's not not your career, but your craft.
0: Or your craft. I like should say Like my career yeah, I, I is. It's no, but you still but work. But my
1: craft is real.
0: Right. You, the you still art work is real. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I would love to. I should uh, if you're if you're down. I would love to come and talk to the students about social media and how that all works, because that's something that you know that folks need to know now. It's not just writing. Ugh. It is It is true. I
1: know. I know. It I tried to tweet. I felt like I was pissing in the Grand Canyon. I just couldn't do it. I just
0: couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, all right. We have to wrap up. We have someone else coming in the studio. Right on. Um, but it's It's just fascinating for me to talk with someone who gets that side of the business in the same way that I do because there are so few actual working comics who know what it is to run a club. And I think it is the best thing for a comic because you learn so much more about oh not getting booked is not personal it's a numbers game right there's a there's we're doing it from a fire hose here
1: it's also yeah yeah i mean you know and and so many comics work for us and it's great so there's a comic young woman working for us she's a good comic she's got yeah. a future and she was just walking around talking about how she bombed and i was like listen we all bomb and you know i i know i'm dave but you know i'm one of the club operators here you don't need to tell me that you bombed yeah. where's the upside for you in right. walking around the club marketing to everybody that you bombed right so it's this nice opportunity because I've done that I had a club a club manager come up to me and just put his hand on my shoulder and say Dave why are you telling everybody you bombed right we saw it we didn't think it was that bad thanks for making your set even worse in our minds
0: absolutely and there's I, I have that happen all the time where like a friend will come see me and I'll have a show that's like I give it a C. Right, and it's something that like it was a fine show. Right, but, but it's you not know what to I yourself,
1: right, and you know in yourself that this is what you went wrong, and so you're judging yourself in a different curve.
0: Right, and meanwhile they had a good time. Why rob them of that?
1: Right, exactly, yeah. and, and it's a hard lesson to learn.
0: It is. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Dave, what do you want to plug? Tell the people where they can learn more about you.
1: Uh, DaveRyans.com. I got a website. Uh, I'm on the Twitter, but I'll ignore it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not great with the social media. Um, I got a special coming out, uh, hopefully in the next month or so, called
0: Sharing. Uh, so. And we'll all share it. There you go. Perfect. And uh, also go check out Flappers and Burbank. It's yeah, come to club. Flappers
1: Comedy. There you yeah.
0: go. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.